It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it starts now. It is ATL Day 1s. I am Jarvis. That is Tanitra. It is a Monday, a Magic City. Oh, never mind. No, a, a, a magical Monday. <laughs> it is a magical Monday oh, right here. Jarvis. No, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to start the show off like that. Please forgive me. We want to welcome you in to uh, ATL Day 1s, a part of Locked On Sports mm-hmm. Atlanta. And we want to definitely thank you for making ATL Day 1s. Your first listen of the day. And remember, we are free and available wherever you download your podcast. And don't forget, leave us a five-star review. I will wonder about you if you don't leave us a five-star review. Like, what are you paying attention to? What are you listening to to not think that we're great? Well, um, appreciate you for doing that. And also, uh, we got a lot of good stuff on board for today. The... ATL Day 1s took a road trip this weekend with Falcons Minicamp. We're going to talk about that. Also, is Desmond Ritter the guy? We're going to get into that discussion. And also, and for the culture, man, Albert Pujols got a chance to do something that he's never done before. He was on the mound. We'll get into all of that. But first, we got to start with the Atlanta Falcons. They had um, rookie minicamp over the weekend on Friday and Saturday. Um, the rookies got a chance to talk to the media, to Nitra, and and I think the like just from once they actually started practice, mm-hmm. I think one of my the biggest impression for me is just like Drake London is really big. Like like when I saw him out on the field, the first thing that came to mind was a guy that played down there at Georgia Tech over there in the flats. And, and then he ended up being drafted by, by the Detroit Lions. I was like, this dude is really big. Like, almost like – like, I remember the first time I, I actually saw Cam Newton in person. Mm-hmm. And I just looked how wide this dude is. Yeah. Like, I'm 6'5". I ain't no little dude. For those you don't know, I'm probably about 6'5", right around 365 right now. You know, so I'm getting in shape. I'm, I'm, I'm getting my – working my way down. But mm-hmm. – and I, I'm a pretty big guy. Yeah. And I know that. But it takes a certain type of dude for me to feel like, or the words to come out of my mouth and say, that's a pretty big guy. And that's exactly what Drake London did for me when I first saw him on Saturday. Yeah, I'd say the same. I am pushing 5'11 and always have on four inch heels. So figure that. Indeed. So him, <laughs> yeah, for him to feel massive to me as well is is. That's a statement. But yeah, Drake London, well, it's like we asked Coach Arthur Smith about, and he kind of low-key admitted it, but didn't want to cancel culture out there. Yeah, when you no. across like <laughs> six out of like seven of his receivers, when you go kind of, you know, um, too deep down the depth chart, if you will, maybe even a little bit here, three deep, and almost everyone is six two at a minimum, and almost everyone is two ten at a minimum. Yeah, you right. have a t- it's no different than a, a, a girl who has her type or a guy who has his type. Coach, you can have your type too. And that's not a bad type. That's a big body build. Some, you know, is about, some of it is even there's some speed there. Others of it is just I'm going to power you 
overpower you and get to this ball. So yeah, very encouraging and exciting to see Drake London. And of course, for me, I was always going to be looking to see what Arnold WKT was doing. I don't care if all the dude did was lace up. Like for real. <laughs> right. I just wanted to see somebody who was who was committed to edge rushing. Are you going to lay you laced up? Okay, we're good. But also one of the takeaways I had was conversation and uh, don't want to get too deep into it. So I'm just going to make it a high level com comment about Desmond Ritter and John Fitzpatrick, Tyler Algier, all of whom spoke on Saturday along with AK. And one of the things that John Fitzpatrick even talked about was having a little sneak peek into what workouts look like because at Georgia it was as intense as what he saw in rookie minicamp for the Falcons and then Desmond Ritter you saw him at senior bowl he talked about having a playbook that looks somewhat similar to Falcons so that helped him to hit the ground running a little bit as well I thought that was very encouraging in addition to some of those guys Drake London Desmond Ritter already having some familiarity with each other I believe using the same trainer and are ultimately going to go out to California sometime between rookie camp and training camp to really get better loved it Jarvis yeah it was absolutely wonderful it was it was great it was a good feeling to be back out there on the yeah. field and the smell of the fresh cut grass and the sticky <laughs> yeah. sweatiness that's going on not the sweaty but okay okay all right I was like yes yeah, that, that's not necessarily good but yeah that's what happened though <laughs> <laughs> but it was definitely good to be back out there and see some yeah, familiar faces and get a chance to you know get this thing started because it, like the more and more these things happen the more mm -hmm. the closer and closer we get to football and lord yeah. knows that is that's my sanctimony it's type of time of year where i just kind of like ah, i get into it right <laughs> um one thing that didn't put me in a good place over the weekend t was the braves lose the series uh, against the san diego padres it, it just it just seems like the inconsistencies with runners in scoring position and just oh it, it just seems like the Braves just can't get right. Goodness yeah. gracious. Yeah. I mean it's 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 that up and down. We talk about it being the good, the bad, the ugly. And it's right. almost like every time we have the good good, then we have the bad, and then we can never quite get away from the ugly. And like you, I was all excited thinking, okay, okay, Braves have a legit chance to win this series. And it was sounding like it because I was uh, listening on the radio, watching a little bit online, if you will, just kind of running around yesterday, uh, didn't get a chance to get to the park itself. But yeah, to get back in my car and hear not just that they had lost, in extras, but four runs in the 11th inning. I mean, that was the scary part. Now, don't get me wrong, Jarvis. We always try to find the positive, and there was some good that we saw. There was good news about Ronald Acuna Jr. in the fact that no surgery is needed. He's still just going to be day-to-day -day on that groin injury, so that's still, to me, very encouraging. Kyle Wright to be able to bounce back, and this, of course, was yesterday. I'll speak on Saturday as well, but yesterday for him to bounce back after having given up six runs getting tagged for six runs his last outing but goes yes. four and two-thirds sunday with a no hitter that's pretty that's pretty impressive getting you almost to the five or six innings that brian sticker likes to get and of course charlie morton had continuing his upward trend like we saw on saturday and finally jarvis we gotta love it you actually called this out on friday's show and who, and who you wanted to see do well. And we saw some good things out of William Contreras. We yes. also both agreed that it'd be great to see something out of Dansby Swanson, two home runs, and just doing the things for the most part on defense that we, we always love to see him do. So I'm going to park it right here for the good because I know there's a little bit of bad and ugly we got to talk about just to keep it real. You know what? The, the bad has to definitely be with uh, how they struggle so much 
you know, with the errors, right? I think the, yeah. the, the errors and the Olsen, Swanson, and Riley had at each made two errors in the series and they had one uh, on yesterday against the Padres and yeah. I think that was the thing that just because that's something that we assume that they're going to be able to do right you know Always. we talk about the defensive efficiency of Dansby Swanson and mm -hmm. and um uh Matt Olson being a, a gold glove winner yeah. and how uh, Austin Riley has been so Mm -hmm. solid just a solid corner guy over yeah. there on third base so I think those all those things that we expect them to do good right mm -hmm. we assume that that's going to be right yeah. and and that's a that's why I think it's, it's so bad because mm -hmm. it's just like this is not supposed to be happening right you know like you can be in, you can be you can be like the ugly yeah. I'm just going to let people know the ugly is def most definitely the you know how they could struggle in in any uh run with runners in scoring position right but yes that's something that we've seen, right? That's something yeah. that we kind of understand. But for mm -hmm. to see them out there making errors, that's that's just unlike this team. Yeah, that that was a head scratcher for me as well because, like you said, with Dansby, he's among the leaders in defensive effectiveness in the league, and we always have had not just in the world in the runs of the world championships, but the last few years we've had conversations nothing but positives about the Braves on defense again. That's our go-to. That's that's what you assume will be there. I put actually runners in scoring position in my bag because I felt like it was even uglier to see that defense to start be to be leaky. So I kind of right. put that as my ugly because I'm like, now that is unacceptable, especially because it's it's hard enough, Jarvis, getting all of everything to function on all cylinders, right? But right. you always want your mainstay to be able to function, or at least looking at the bullpen, if you will, which have moments of leakiness too, uh, Jackson Stevens. But anyway, you know, you hope to not see that because one of the questions that I asked was, okay, so we are not panicking here, but it's May 16th. We're inching ever so close to Memorial Day, which is sort of that first line of demarcation in the season of where you are so what are you going to do what what are we going to see going forward what are we going to see tonight Braves won the series last weekend against the Brewers at home are they going to be able to get another series when in this three-game series that starts tonight we'll see Ian Anderson hopefully it's the up Ian Anderson right <laughs> exactly. yeah yeah but uh yeah to me that was the ugly because I'm like Come on, man! Not defense. This is you guys. You hang your hat on that. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the thing that you think that needs to get corrected like immediately because yeah. it seemed like it was just a lackadaisical throw when Dansby mm -hmm. Swanson made that error to Matt Olson and you know got the got things kind of going for for the Padres. So um, yeah, hopefully tonight they get it corrected and hopefully we see Ronald Acuna. Um, mm -hmm. He had by the way he had just quick note he had an MRI and they said everything turned out you know fine and and he's day-to-day -day, so and they said that if he feels well when he gets to the park today he will play so that's good news and hopefully Ron Acuna can give this lineup some juice that they need oh yeah uh, that's why I let my good <laughs> off with that being my number one good like Ronald Acuna Jr. is day-to-day -day off that groin injury yes. that that's your to me that was the good the best of the good no doubt no doubt about it and speaking of juice Desmond Ritter's trying to bring some juice to this squad We'll talk about why we understand why the Falcons may have drafted them. That's next on Locked On Sports Atlanta with ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and T. Hey, welcome back to ATL Day Ones. I am Tanitra, that's Jarvis, and we appreciate you guys rocking with us. And you know what? 
We're going to talk about what is good in Atlanta sports always. We'll tell you a little bit of bad and the ugly as well, but we try to keep it positive here on ATL Day Ones. And you know what? If you want to hear about all the positive talk and even the keep it real talk about sports in Atlanta, check us out on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to our channel and check out everybody on the Locked On Sports Atlanta Network. And be sure to leave us a five-star review if you like what we're doing. If you feel like it's good, then let us know that you love what we're doing. And of course, also check us out on any and every platform where you check out your podcast. Now, a lot of you guys checked in with us this weekend as we took our very first road trip for the show up to Flowery Branch. It was day two of training camp that we had an opportunity to speak with Coach Arthur Smith, uh, Desmond Ritter, and several of the others in the class of 22 2022. Thought everything went well. Definitely, it was exciting to be back up there. And we liked what we saw on offense, on defense. But there was one particular player that stood out to most of us, and that was Desmond Ritter. And granted, you guys can say, just like Arthur Smith said, it's kind of like an orientation. We know no pads. It's almost like the Underwear Olympics Part 2, like the Combine. But sometimes there's something that you see, Jarvis, in a player, whether it's in his eyes, his mannerisms, or just his approach and what other players say that tell you he might be something special. You asked Desmond Ritter about the comparison contrast of being able to juggle the competition part of going up against Marcus Mariota to become QB1 and uh, Felipe Sparks. I mean, Felipe. I always do that. Felipe Franks. You can Felipe tell. Price, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, Felipe Franks. And so he, you know, acknowledged and res- and says he has respect for them. But ultimately, you asked him a great question about how he balances that competition and still vying for Q1, QB1. And I also asked him a little bit about, hey, how do you course correct? You talk about course correcting for your guys, but how do you do it for yourself? Great answers to both questions that tell us, Jarvis, they might just, the Falcons might just have that guy. And, and the reason why I asked the question is because, you know, those are some of the – it's a coach's question, like, so to sure. speak, right? You know, because you kind of get a grasp of the guy's line of thinking and how mm-hmm. he attacks certain situations. Yes. Because a lot of times, like, that's that's what football is all about, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're looking at film and you're breaking it down. It's like, okay, how can I beat this guy? Or yeah. why does this guy always look this way when – when in this certain coverage or why does he play this thing uh, a certain way you know the why is always important in football and then once you figure out the why okay how do you plan to attack it and and I think that was the main thing as far as I wanted to know is because you it's not a unique situation but it Mm -hmm. it is interesting right because one is that he's been compared to Marcus Mariota as far as you know, the NFL comps, you know, when guys go into the draft, everybody always say, okay, well, who does he remind you of? Right. And a lot of people said Marcus Mariota. Mm-hmm. You know, that was one of the first things that concerned me. But, you know, and I think you that – Thank goodness now it's shifting to comparisons to Russell Wilson. But yeah, you, yeah. That right you, hope, you hope Russell Wilson – you know, <laughs> I know that he was drafted in the third round. He's drafted in the third round. Okay, but, you know, right. hopefully once he gets on the field that, that those comparisons start to come through Russell. But And sure. I think that's one thing that, you know, you, you look at – as being compared to him, and then and these are Desmond Ritter's words that hey, he looked up to uh, Marcus Mariota. So, and, and I think that those that's something that that speaks to, you know, how unique this situation is too. You know, and you got somebody that you're being compared to. You got somebody that you say you look up to, and you got somebody that's saying you're trying to take his spot. Yeah. So how do you attack that? And then I think just think the the first word that came out of his mouth was respect. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I think that that shows the maturity, you know, that you have in, in Ritter. And I think that was one of the huge things that kind of stood out to Arthur Smith and Terry sure. Fontenot that and maybe that that warranted them to, to pick him as the 74th overall pick. So I, I think that when you put all of those factors into play, I just I totally get it. Like and I, and I even said that, you know, when we were talking out there after he spoke, I was like, I understand. Sure. I get it. Yeah. I understand why they drafted that guy because he he says all the right things and he has an answer for certain things. Because, you know, sometimes if guys kind of fumble through certain things, you're like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. Especially as a quarterback because that's one of the guys on the field that always has to be on point. Yeah. And, you know, and yeah. you talked about how, you know, being in the huddle and, and making sure you're calling plays, you're not fumbling through the play call. I'm like, all right. Mm-hmm. Like, if you don't know who the dog, what the play is, like, how are we going to doggone execute on the field? Right. You know, so I, I think that with all with with Ritter and how he attacks situations, and I'm not sitting up here saying he's going to be Russell Wilson. That's not what right. I'm saying. Right. What I'm saying is that this guy has all of the tools mm-hmm. to be uh, to be the best player that he can be, you right. know, um, that, that the best player that the Falcons drafted to be. Let me say that. Yeah. And all you could hope for is someone who is as competitive as he is and day in, day out goes on to the practice field and attacks the practice field just as he would a game. And also my question for him was more built around, okay, great. I'm glad that you're able to see some of the errors that players are making and just do some slight course corrects. But the real mark of a true leader is then also to take a step back and say, okay, now when I look at that play holistically, because I was under center during that play as well, what is it that I can do to improve? So to hear him talk about things like what understanding the signals better coming through his helmet when he's in the huddle and being able to basically communicate that and move the play forward also to be able to look at his footwork and know how important that is because timing is going to be so very critical and even thinking about him taking us kind of into the future of him having an opportunity to get his timing down with a Drake London and being able to utilize the same trainer, all of those little things to me, like you said, make me think about someone who has a vision for the holistic approach. And even if you thought that he was being big and bold and kind of braggadocious saying that he's not going to stop and he's not leaving the Falcons until he gets a ring. No, that's the kind of attitude you want somebody to have. That's what you want him to have because- You gotta be semi-crazy, right? Right. right. You, you kind of mentioned that. Yeah, you gotta be halfway crazy to play football to be good right. at it anyway. Yeah. Right, and you, you do. And you have to have somebody that says, all day, every day, I wake up and I'm betting on me. And that's what I walked away feeling like. Desmond Ritter is going to bet on himself every time. And I'm never mad at a person who wants to bet on themselves. Another thing that I kind of saw in him, and it's it's something that I've been playing around with really since we started our postseason, offseason Hawks talk. But we then kind of morphed it into some conversation with the Falcons as well because they both kind of have the same challenge. And that is the question of whether or not they have enough dogs on the squad to be able to also have you shaking in your boots when you see them coming, right? Right, right. As time wears on, once, you know, the Falcons really start to get their rhythm on both sides of the ball. So I asked that question of you. He, I don't know necessarily that he's a screamer. We hear he talks loudly, but we don't know if he was a screamer or a cursor. He looks like he might talk a little trash, but I see something in him, Jarvis, that tells me, uh-oh, we know CP's got some dog in him. If anybody's listening to Drake London, we know he's got some edge there, too. Got a little chip on that shoulder. I think I saw a little something in Desmond Ritter that might make me think he's got some dog. 
Yeah, yeah, it's there. It's definitely there. You see it. You see why he was so successful at Cincinnati. Yes. You see the leadership skills, the the guys. Not only it's not only one thing to have leadership skills, right? Yeah. It's 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 another thing to be able to lead other guys. Mm-hmm. You know, guys that your, your peers, because yeah. essentially. Technically, you're on the same level, right? We're mm-hmm. equals. You know, we're teammates. You know, we're both on this team, and we're signed to contracts and everything right. like that. But we all know there's a tier system, mm-hmm. you know. And, and then for guys to know what that tier system is and still mm-hmm. be able, willing to follow you as the quarterback, yes. I think that says something. Because, you know, that says something about who you are as a man. You mm-hmm. know, not, And I think that you, you saw, saw the man, too, a little bit yes. more when I asked him. I asked him, you know, because he's a, a father. Mm-hmm. You know, he just ha- he had his baby and everything. And I just tell him, I ask him what, being a father, like what has that taught you that mm-hmm. you can possibly apply to to the field? And he yeah. said, the first thing that came out of his mouth, boom, patience. And I was just like, yes, you get it, my man. Not only just from being a father, yeah. but on the field and, and, and having to deal with the offensive line that's not the best it, once mm-hmm. he gets out there on the field. Like, what are you going to do when – if Jalen Mayfield is a starting left guard and he, you you know exactly that he was supposed to pick up that guy and he didn't, like, what are you going to do? You can't just go – like, you got to look at him – sometimes you got to look at him like he's your child and be like, I can't cuss you out. Mm-hmm. I got to figure out how to get you right and motivated yeah. and saying, okay, it's okay, baby. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily – you don't have to say baby, but it's okay. We're going to get this thing figured out. Let's line down because we got to go on to the next play. You know, yeah. so yeah. I think being able to exercise patience is, is something that's going to be really huge for them, for him, you know, not only on the field once he becomes a starter, but mm-hmm. but, but before then. like yeah. Because we don't know – he doesn't know how long he's going to be – the backup quarterback, or if he's going if to be the backup quarterback for the whole year. Yeah, if he is the backup quarterback. We never know. He doesn't know. So he's going to have to practice patience alongside with, you know, keeping that mindset, that mentality mm-hmm. to that edge, yes. you know, and, and wanting to be a competitor, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to get to that point. So once he gets to that point, I think that it's going to be – you're going to have plenty of opportunity to exercise that skill set for sure. And you know who has not lost their edge for competing? Albert Pujols will tell you what he showed us in his competitive nature that never dies in For the Culture. Come back on the other side. It's ATL Day Ones with Tanitra and Jarvis. Final segment of ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. We want to thank you for making ATL Day Ones your first listen of the day. We appreciate you. You've been rocking with us for the entire show. If you haven't, where have you been? Make sure you go to you know, uh, YouTube, type in that search box, Locked On Sports Atlanta, and we will pop up and let you. We are free and available. Wherever yeah. you download your podcast, leave us a five-star review. You know, if you don't, I will wonder about you as a person and who you are and your character. And you don't want your character in question with us. Come on now. We're the coolest people on the planet. Like, yeah, last time I checked. Uh, we may the be- coolest motherfuckers <laughs> on the planet. We are. Yeah, of course, of course. We are the coolest motherfuckers because... This is for the culture, and this is the intersection between sports, entertainment, and the culture, or whatever else we want to just talk about. So I thought when you sent me the story, T, I saw the video over the weekend of Albert Pujols on the mound, Mm -hmm. and, you know, in relief. Now, just to give... I know this really doesn't matter, but, you know, just to give a a quick quick line, you know, he, uh, he, he pitched one inning, gave up three hits, 
four-on-one runs, and he walked somebody. So, you know, not too great of, a, of an appearance, but for a guy who's just been so, you know, so great, you know, over his career, mm -hmm. like he's at 681 home runs, which yeah. is coming up on 700. Yes, yes. May, hopefully, he, hopefully he'll get there uh, this, this year. Uh, and that's an amazing achievement, you know, especially in today's game where so many guys have been in question as far as where they were juicing or mm -hmm. not juicing and all that stuff. So I think for Albert Pujols to get an opportunity to do that, it kind of, you know, got us to thinking, well, what would you like to uh, – what would you, your dream sub in be, you know, mm -hmm. like get an opportunity to do? What, what, do you, what do you think that is something that you just felt like – you always wanted to do, and then if you get an opportunity to do it, it's just like, okay, I want to do exactly that. What, what's that for you, T? So there will be a theme here, right? Okay. I'm I, So I'm like edging around everything that I've always dreamt of doing, if not my real job. So first of all, this job is the dream. Let's just start right there. No doubt, right? yeah. This, yeah. yeah. So I'm the sub in finally into my own dream that has now become, I'm not just the substitute. Like Jarvis and I, we're now starters for real, for real. So no more subbing. Oh, yeah. For uh, as tourist casters, but also, you know, I've been dancing, gosh, virtually all my life. So I keep like kind of tipping, tipping my toe in. So for this entire last uh, basketball season, I was able to, of course, be the in-game analyst for the Hawks. But my dressing room was with the ATL dancers, whom I think those ATL Hawks dancers are amazing. So just an I'm sure there are a lot of people that would agree with you. <laughs> yeah, they are. <laughs> <laughs> I love them. And so and they were like my part-time stylist too, because they always gave a thumbs up to, to just about every outfit. So it's a good look. But for me, just being in there, that energy, I was like, yeah, I missed this. And I've always had a dream of doing like a challenge for my other job as dancing with them getting like one segment or something that's i'm gonna get that you, you you watch and see and then for the falcons i'll have an opportunity to kind of get going with them later today this afternoon because i'll be a judge for the final tryouts for atlanta falcons cheerleaders today so nice. I'll get to yeah i'll get to go through Superstar. a few iterations y'all so, better watch so, out exactly i'm like y'all don't know <laughs> like i can still dance and yeah i can still fit my suit my dance suit from college i'm just saying yes i can it's still a lot of women can't say that to you. Yeah, right. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, that is like my sub in. And then my other sub in, low key, is one of these good days. There used to be, Jarvis, I don't know if you knew this, there used to be a Dancing with the Stars Atlanta. And there have been like mm. these pods. Yeah, there was one in Boston, one in Chicago, as a sort of um, local version of Dancing with the Stars, the national show. So if it ever mm. comes back to Dancing with the Stars Atlanta and they decide to have some local celebrity so to speak i am lobbying for that but ultimately i would not mind doing like a, a tyra banks type of turn or something like that where you start off as a dancer or even an aaron andrews you start off as one of their celebrity dancers and then you end up as a host i'm ready i'm ready for my subbing no doubt i like how you kind of quietly refer to yourself as a local celebrity but we I said get into that, right I, I, yeah you you qualified it yes yes you did, did. you know yeah but you, you guys I, I love it though the, like the conference is just bleeding through the screen right now i don't know if y'all can see it, if you're listening or watching it is just coming through right now like and gratefulness yes and gratefulness yes we are definitely grateful on this show we'll never ever get the big head um no. Yeah, on this show. And um, if we do, least, 
I'll just slap him against his big head and he'll slap me against mine and we'll move on. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's how we get that old ATL day ones. But T, I think that is so dope. Like, it's cool. But I think I'm going to go in a, a, just a little bit different route, right? Okay, you know, okay. I, you know I, I always thought I could dance, but, you know, not to that extreme. Um, <laughs> I think my dream subbing would be. I've always done this. Like this is like you know I'm getting I'm gonna get a little personal here. Okay. Like you know you you know Nate Dog right? <clears throat> Nate Dog. Smoke weed every day. That, Smoke weed okay. every day. You know, Nate Dog. That dude. Nate Dog. The dude. The the master hook the guy. Hook. The <laughs> hook man. He's the master. He's the most gangster hook man singing dude you ever seen in your life. And those who you yes. don't know, Nate Dog has a church background. Like he grew up singing yes. in the church. Yes. And for those you don't know, I grew up. You know, playing and singing in the church. You know, I played I played the trumpet. For those you don't know, I'm musically inclined. Yes, and, he is. And you know, I like to think I can sing. So yes, he can. My dream subbing would be for anybody from the Dungeon family <gasps> to give me a phone call, Jarvis. We want you to sing a hook, <laughs> and I would just I would turn into a a a child. A seven-year-old child and scream to the top of my lungs like, ah! I would go absolutely nuts if I got the opportunity to just sing a hook, you know, um, Nate Dogg style. Of course, you know, we're cool with it, you know, not necessarily the R&B, you know, but, you know, my way. You know, I like to get myself as a cool dude. So I would do the same from a singing standpoint. Um, so, yeah, I, I, think, I think that would be super dope. You know, oh, just yeah. to, to get on the hook or be a guy or be the guy that everybody goes to to go get a hook. Like, cause I yeah. just looked at Nick Dog. I was like, man, that would be so cool for me to that do that. And they'll, I give it like an Atlanta flavor to it, you know, because right, he was right. West Coast, you know, and everything. He was that had that type of vibe to him. Mm -hmm. But you know, just to bring a, an Atlanta aspect to that type of situation, that would be the perfect job description and my perfect <laughs> sub in. I love it. There. So yeah, yeah. That's so it. he put yeah. it out I'm there. In that. Yeah, yeah, I'm putting it out there. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Hopefully I'm a, more. Of a, hopefully I'm a, um, enough of a local celebrity to be able to get that get that opportunity yeah. like you. Oh, yeah, you know, we're going we'll with that. Yeah, we're, we're going with we'll that. We're going with that. But you know what? Tomorrow I want you guys to come back when hopefully Jarvis will be singing the praises of a Braves team that takes game one of the three game series versus the Brewers. I'm ready for that music. Yes, Ian Anderson <laughs> on the mound tonight. We we want Jarvis to sing their praises. We do not want Jarvis on here singing sad songs tomorrow night. So hope tomorrow about what the Braves do tonight. So hopefully we'll have that for you guys and any and every reaction to all things sports in the A. So as always, appreciate you guys for choosing us as your first stop for uh, everyone, everything, all things on Locked In Sports Atlanta. But make sure for your number two choice, you stop by Hitting Hard with John Chuckery because he's got the goods for you guys as well. So until tomorrow, be safe. It looks like we got some up and down weather. It's kind of warm out there. Enjoy yourself. And again, be safe in these streets. Y'all come back now, you hear? Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.